The stove is as cold as the weather outside in Chicago, but we still got to talk free agency, and we do that next. You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Sam Olber. Please support the show by following on your preferred audio platform, and you can watch, subscribe, and leave a comment on YouTube. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. We are lifelong fans taking our passion into a discussion with you on all things Cubs. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, We have some free agency discussion to talk with you today. Like I mentioned in the open, nothing concrete, but I do think it is appropriate at least once a week to at least do a progress report where we're at and I'm in a little bit of a generous mood. I don't like to give predictions on this show unless I feel really strongly. And Lord knows that I don't feel very strongly about any free agency predictions. But I feel like the time's come and, and I'm going to say what I think is going to happen or or close to it at the end of this show. We'll break down hitters, uh, offensive players, free agency, the market, trade market, then pitchers, and then get into that. But before I do any of that, I do have to mention that the Cubs announced today some some coaching replacements and finalized their coaching staff. I'm just going to read you um, the, the release from the Cubs. The, that is, the Chicago Cubs today announced Craig Council's major league coaching staff for the 2024 campaign. Ryan Flaherty has been named bench coach. Darren Holmes as bullpen coach. Mark Strittmatter as major league field coordinator and John Maley, familiar name as assistant hitting coach. 10 coaches are returning from the 2023 season. All this, I think we pretty much knew the Flaherty news dropped a while ago. The only real major take for me out of this. And I, I, I know this isn't very exciting. I know this isn't let's pull over. Sam's telling us about the Cubs coaching staff and, and the on-field coordinator. I can't even go to work. I got to get to the side of the road. It's not great, exciting news, but we don't have my Mike Napoli coming back to me is important. I didn't think that would happen. I've talked to many, I shouldn't say many, but more than one, multiple sources around the league that work in the major league game. And all of them, including the one I can mention because he did it on this show, Miles Mastroboni, um, all of them, and I don't talk to Mastro outside of that show, but just on this show plus whoever else, everybody goes out of their way to mention Mike Napoli. Mastro did it on this show. Other people that I do talk to on a more regular basis have multiple times. They talk about just his, his energy, his ability to know the modern game, just little little advantages that he's able to give the Cubs. So I think him coming back is no small thing. And I'm glad there were some rumors that he interviewed for some other jobs, and, and I'm glad he's back. And I think it speaks to Craig Council and, and his ability of not really being, you know, not letting his ego get in the way, hey, it's going to be all my staff. You know, Craig made some changes that he had to make, but he also kept, you know, Willie Harris, Mike Napoli, those guys, because I think the Cubs – coaching depth 
last year was a real strength. Obviously, you know, David Ross, we know how I feel about that situation, but I thought even Andy Green, you know, I thought all, all those things were pretty strong. So, you know, the bench coach was, was replaced, uh, keeping Willie Harris, keeping Napoli, keeping Dustin Kelly, uh, keeping Tommy Hadovy, you know, those, those things I, I actually really do support. I, I like where the Cubs are headed. I think I've seen enough definitely, um, you know, from those guys to warrant bringing them back. So that's that piece of exciting news. Uh, let's get into the free agent markets. Let's get into the offense first. So some more kind of just needle, just moving barely inch type of news today. The Blue Jays look like they're showing some interest in Jock Peterson. And, you know, a lot of people take that and go, well, maybe they're out on Bellinger. But then the other side of that could be maybe they're just trying to leverage Bellinger and say, hey, man, we have an offer for you. Either take it or we're moving on. I don't really know what any of that stuff means. But I've learned in, in baseball more than any other sport, the the agent tweet, the agent speak that just, you know, is Scott Boris texting Bob Nightingale to tweet this so he gets scoop is is very, very apparent. So I, I try not to take these things too seriously. Um, for the Cubs right now, it's really honestly about two bats. So it's Bellinger. You know, the main guys that the Cubs are, are discussing right now are Bellinger and Reese Hoskins, right? And I don't think it's going to be more than that. Matt Chapman, who I spoke about on yesterday's show, is also an option. I just don't foresee that one happening. I'll make, you know, like I said, final predictions. Yeah, I'm really putting myself uh, under uh, under the gun there. But, you know, I'll make predictions later. But I already talked about Chapman. Uh, but, but Chapman's an option. Hoskins, Bellinger. J.D. Martinez, Jorge Soler, to a lesser extent, if you if you don't want to give a second year to Hoskins, you 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 go with Brandon Belt. Those type of names are available, and I think the Cubs have to get two of them, and I think they know they have to get two of them. So which two will it be? You know, Bellinger and Hoskins are the the most likely moves, I think. Uh, but what I really want to talk about on this show is, is what is the holdup, right? Why haven't the Cubs made a move? And, and there isn't a concrete answer for that. But I, I'd like to offer some, and this is by no means a defense of this situation because I think it's gotten ridiculous because the, I have no defense to the question, why haven't they gone out and signed a reliever yet? I, I can't believe they haven't done that. But in terms of these bigger market guys, why haven't they made a move yet? And I think there's two pretty rational reasons why. So we're going to talk offense first. And that is number one, Scott Boris. Um, for those that don't know, Scott Boris is the biggest agent in the major league game. He is the best at his job and he is the best at getting his players the most money down to the cent possible. And Scott Boris represents both Cody Bellinger and Reese Hoskins. And if Scott Boris does not like a deal or does not like a move, he has absolutely no problem waiting as long as possible until getting his final offer to see if he could just get where he wanted, wants to get to. So I think from a literal sense, that's why the Bellinger and Hoskins stuff's taking long. You might ask what it is. Well, Bellinger's easy. He's trying to create a bidding war between the Cubs and somebody. Maybe that's the Blue Jays. Maybe that's the, the, uh, the Yankees. Maybe it's a mystery team. Who knows? He just wants to find a way to get Cody Bellinger 
$200 million over between a six and seven year span. That's what he's trying to do right now. It's not on the table and and, and he's going to soak up every second of time that he has in order to get that done. The Hoskins thing is probably a year's thing. He probably wants a player option would be my guess for a second year or a second year guaranteed deal. And the Cubs probably just want to do the Bellinger deal one year, 16, 17 million. Let's move on. The thing I don't understand about the Hoskins thing. I think I even said this on this show. If I'm Reese Hoskins, I'm all for a player option because if I have a great year, I could opt out and hit free agency. And if I don't, I could stay. If that's the, if that's what the, the the holdup is that at least makes sense to me. If it's anything more than that, like if it's Hoskins wanting a two-year deal straight up or a three-year deal, I don't get that even from his perspective because wouldn't you want to just gamble on yourself, take the one-year deal with a nice high AAV, and then come back, perform well, and then hit free agency and make the most money possible? Like somebody said to me, Hoskins is probably looking for three years 50. Why? What if he hits 270 this year, 265 with an OPS in the mid eights and hits 30 plus home runs? He can get, you know, four years, 80 next year, you know, so that that holdup's a little bit of a mystery to me. But my guess is it's probably just an option for the second year. And that leads me to the second reason why I don't think those guys and the haven't signed and it's moving slow. And this is more of a pitcher conversation, but I think Jed really doesn't want to what's the word, commit himself beyond 2024 for a guy like Reese Hoskins that's a stopgap. And I think for Bellinger even, you know, I think Jed, and and I know people aren't going to want to hear this, and I'm with you. I just think Jed really believes in, in a lot of these prospects. And so why, in his eyes, you know, if PCA is going to be an awesome center fielder, then I, I don't want to overpay for Cody Bellinger. And if I overpay for Cody Bellinger a little bit because I have to put out a good product in 2024 and I believe in PCA, then why in the world would I sign Reese Hoskins to a multi-year deal when Bellinger could just play first base and then PCA holds down center field? I think those type of questions, and, and they make a lot more sense, I think, from the pitching side, but those type of questions are what's holding this up. The Cubs are in, it's kind of like, you know, a little bit of a parallel to the bears, not in in an exact situation, but like the bears are in a really good spot with their future as well. And they have a really important decision coming up. It's not my show to talk about that, but the Cubs are in a really good position in their future. Um, And when you are in a good position in your future, that still does bring tough decisions, right? Do you go sign Matt Chapman if you really believe in Matt Shaw at third base? Those are, they're good problems to have, right? We all hear that, that theory all the time. Hey, that's a good problem to have. We'll worry about it when it comes. And then it comes and it actually is a problem. It may be a good problem to have. It's better than having nobody to play the position, but it is a problem. The, I think the question that is going on behind closed doors over on Clark and Addison offensively and with pitching, and I'm going to get to pitching, but how much resources do we allocate to the 2024 season in order to be good, knowing that after that, you know, we have a lot of guys coming up for cheaper and we could be good for a really long time. That juxtaposition, that dynamic is really challenging because, you know, if Jed Hoyer, let's, let's just use, Chapman is an example. If Chapman gets a, I don't know, uh, please don't quote me on this. I'm just spitballing. Six years, 135 for Matt Chapman. Okay. Six years, 135 million. 
and he has a miserable year next year. Miserable. Okay. Let's say he has, you know, let's say he's, you know, high sixes OPS, low seven, still plays good defense. And Matt Shaw soars through the system and is playing a good defensive third, crushing the ball. What do you do? Matt Chapman has no trade value. Nobody's going to trade for that contract. You're, you're in trouble. You know what I mean? So I'm not trying to defend Jed at all. I, I think there's a way to improve this team while still holding on to your assets. And I think eventually he'll get there. I'm just saying that's the holdup along with Scott Boris. How much do we invest? You know, it has to be a guy that helps us out next year and beyond. Bellinger is easy to predict because you need Cody Bellinger can play center field. He can play a corner spot. Uh, in the outfield, he could play first base, he could DH, and you know, he, he could help you, you know, this year and beyond. Reese Hoskins, three years 50 when Pete Alonzo's a free agent next year, or or Matt Chapman when Matt Shaw could be right around the corner, those are trickier. So I think the combination of that and Scott Boris is what's probably holding up um the market, but you know, it's my best guess. Um, it's my best guess. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the pitching side of free agency. And and Lord knows, if you thought I was clueless about what the Cubs are doing position player-wise, just wait until the, the pitchers come. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL season is coming to a close. It has one week remaining before the postseason, and you can get incredible Season offers with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. The Chicago Bears, three-point dogs next week in Green Bay. I told you yesterday I like the Bears. I'm putting my money where my mouth is on FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the LockedOn Podcast Network and the National Football League. We are back here on LockedOn Cubs. And as clear as it is from the position player market, with Reese Hoskins and Cody Bellinger, I think, being the Cubs' top targets, Bellinger being one, Hoskins being two, we really don't know what's going on with the pitching market. And I'm confused. Lindsey Crosby came on this show. I thought he made a pretty good point. Um, and he said, if the Cubs are going to add a starter, it's got to be a playoff caliber, caliber starter. I went into this offseason thinking that the Cubs needed one of those, playoff caliber starter, and then a back-end guy to solidify their depth. A Michael Waka type of deal. You know, a Seth Lugo type of deal. You know, a Jack Flaherty type of thing. Just something to solidify the back end of that rotation because I don't believe in Assad as much as everybody else does. You have some unknowns with Tyone. You have a ton of unknowns with Wicks. You know, so you really only know about Steele and Hendricks. So I thought for sure they needed to add two arms. I've been convinced that they probably have enough pitching depth to get away with just adding one, you know, upside, you know, top of the rotation type of guy. However, I'm not sure that's going to happen. And, and I'll say this. If you really follow the minor leagues over the last few years, Jed Hoyer, Craig Breslow is now at the Red Sox and the rest of the Cubs have really turned the corner and figured out this pitching thing. Um, they've done a, they, they've done a really nice job. They, they've identified guys and, you know, put themselves in a position where 
at least speaking from my perspective, you gain a little bit more trust because when Theo was here, you know, it was just something the Cubs weren't good at and they would sign guys and, and you'd get guys like Tyler Chatwood or whatever that would come in here and you would just be like, man, they're worse with us. They're worse with us outside of course, like Arietta. but, but guys are starting to improve. You know, guys are coming through the minor leagues. I mean, even the, the Cade Horton thing's a really good example. I mean, a lot of people thought the Cubs overdrafted him and you know, one year later, he's, he's one of the top guys in all of, you know, baseball in terms of pitching prospects. So they have depth there. They figured it out. And I think in today's age, there, there, there was a, a tweet that was out there today saying, you know, the amount of uh, games that each team had of pitchers throwing over 100 pitcher, pitches. And some of the best teams, the two teams that were in the World Series were towards the bottom of the list, right? And the conclusion was, you know, having, and I talked about this yesterday, having these horses, these, these main aces aren't as prevalent and as necessary as they used to be in baseball. But I think you still need some. And I just think, I don't think the Cubs can get through a season with the way their staff is currently assigned unless Cade Horton or Ben Brown or somebody comes in really quickly to help things. And so I am mystified as to why they are not, you know, going hard after Jordan Montgomery or Shota Imanaga Blake Snell, they've not been connected to at all, or at least in conversations with, with Shane Bieber. Now, when I say mystified, I'm not saying they're not. The Cubs have been linked to Imanaga, very small, one Jeff Passon piece before the offseason had them linked to Montgomery, and then we all know about the Shane Bieber and Cleveland uh, uh, rumors. I just think at the very least, the Cubs have to add one of those guys Bieber, Montgomery, Imanaga, somebody from Seattle, somebody from the Marlins, somebody that is a 170-plus inning guy that gets some strikeouts that you could put at the top of the rotation. I just don't think they have enough. When the Cubs were closing out the season last year in Atlanta, and I was just thinking about playing a series against the Braves or playing a series against the Dodgers, the one thing I couldn't get my mind wrapped around is how are the Cubs going to get 27 outs three out of five times against those teams? They just didn't have it. And and they didn't have it with their bullpen either. And part of that was because of Auzali and Merriweather, but, or uh, Auzali and Leiter. But even if everybody was healthy, I still just didn't see it. I just didn't see it. And you know the Cubs do have some flexibility. We talked about Assad. I think Drew Smiley is going to play a really big role out of the rotation. But I would just feel much better going into the season with all that being equal and adding another frontline guy. To me, Jordan Montgomery makes the most sense. He's a playoff caliber starter. He's going to help you in 2024 and beyond. I think he has now a three-year track record that you could be really confident of the type of guy you're getting. I think he's worth the investment, and I would love the Cubs to go after him. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I just think they need somebody. Right now, you know, Imanaga has, I believe, until January 11th, he has to sign. So at least that that should come up soon. Um, will Montgomery and Snell follow? Will they be before him? I don't know. Uh, the, the trade talk it's lingering. You know, with with the with the Guardians, who knows? I just think the Cubs need one of those guys. I'm interested to hear what you guys think. I just, I just don't think you could take the 2024 Chicago Cubs seriously with a starting rotation of Justin Steele. Kyle Hendricks, Jamison Tyone, Jordan Wicks, and Javier Assad. I, I and I know, I know the game's changed. I'm here for it. Hey Sam, 
you know, when uh, Assad and Wicks pitch, it's going to be Smiley and, uh, you know, Wisniewski coming out of the bullpen right away to follow them. They're, they're really going to be combo guys. I get it. But over the course of 162, you still need a guy. Jordan Montgomery pitched some huge games for the Texas Rangers. You need guys like that. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Um, coming up next, I talk about a couple of very loose predictions that I have to see what the Cubs are going to do. We're back here on Locked on Cubs. I have some predictions um, that I think, you know, with the Cubs that I think are pretty pretty easy predictions. I think everybody has the same. I, I first want to quickly also mention, you know, minor league deals are really difficult. You know, do you mention them? Do you not? The, the Cubs did make another minor league signing today. They signed a right-hander, Colton Brewer. Um, I don't know a ton about him. Uh, I looked at his his rate stats and stuff today. Seems like he actually has the same pitch mix as Justin Steele. Don't get too excited. Um, classic Cub signing, you know, right now, Jed Hoyer. Pitch to contact guy, gets a ton of ground balls, pretty good at getting weak contact. That's kind of seems like Jed has a type with these type of minor league deals of trying to get get something out of these guys, and he fits it. We'll see. He'll be, he'll be in training camp, and he'll be trying to uh, make the roster in AZ, so. We'll see what happens with him. All right. A lot of people have been asking me what I think. Predictions, predictions, predictions. I really don't know. I think my my bold, my big prediction, not my bold, my big prediction that I feel pretty good about is Cody Bellinger returns to the Cubs. I'm interested to see how the, the structure of the deal will be. Will it be just like a six for 180 or will it be something bigger over, you know, per year for three years and then an opt out or something like that. I think Cody Bellinger's a cub by the time spring training hits. Uh, I feel pretty good about saying that. I can't, I, I'm not going to tell you that they're going to sign Hoskins because I don't know and, and I don't feel good. I feel like it'd be disingenuous for me to make a prediction on that. I just think it'll be Bellinger plus another bat. Bellinger plus another bat. Maybe it's Hoskins, maybe it's not. Guys on, on the pitching front, I really have nothing. So when I say I have predictions for you, I really am saying I think Cody Bellinger is a Chicago Cub in 2024 plus another offseason bat. And with the pitching stuff, I am so confused at what they're doing with the pitching. I would like to tell you that they absolutely come away with one of the guys I mentioned um, or, or one of the situations I mentioned, Bieber in a trade, a Marlins guy in a trade or a Mariners guy in a trade, Gilbert, Kirby, Lazardo, one of those guys, or they just straight sign Montgomery, sign Imanaga. But Imanaga is going to get a hefty offer from the Yankees. Montgomery is going to be targeted, I think, by the Red Sox. I don't know. But it is starting to seem, you know, I, I was reading some Kenley Jansen rumors the other day. I think it might have been today, actually. Um, you know, I just think it's going to drag out for a while. And and that just is the name of the game. The Bellinger thing, some people are telling me, you know, my guy Joey Glickman, who we had on the show, said, hey, by the end of the week, Bellinger's going to be signed. I don't know if he actually um, heard that from anybody, but I actually have heard that from other people as well. Like, Bellinger news is imminent. It's actually coming. I just, I don't believe anything anymore when it comes to this stuff. I've become extremely cynical. And until Jeff Passan tweets it out, it, it hasn't happened yet in my eyes, so we'll see. But to me, what I wanted you to get out of this program is just an update on free agency, uh, why things may be held up. And, and I think, you know, Cody Bellinger to the Cubs, I feel pretty good about. I think it will happen. And then I think they absolutely will get another bat to support that. I just don't know who it's going to be. You know, 
if it is Bellinger and Hoskins, it could take a while. You know, we talked about Scott Boris. They're both his clients. Do the Cubs just say, you know what? Enough already with Hoskins. We want a, we want a one-year cheap deal. We already got Bellinger back. And do they just pivot to Brandon Belt? That's a potential possibility. But the counter to that is, hey, we feel like Matt Mervis could be Brandon Belt this year. So why not just bring him up? Very a lot of fluid things, and my constant reminder that I'm very glad that I have a podcast analyzing these type of things, and I don't have to actually make these decisions because they're really hard. Um, why Jed Hoyer hasn't just gone out and said, hey, let's just sign a reliever to let our fans know we're alive. You know, we could just do that just to let them know we're doing something. I, I don't know that answer, and I'll never know that answer. Maybe Jed will explain it after the offseason's over, but I doubt it. Uh, that's it. That's it. We'll talk uh, tomorrow's episode will be more about stuff we know unless something drops, core, core stuff. Maybe we talked a little Dansby, a little Nico, some improvements those guys can make and uh, close out another week. I think the Cubs are going to be fine. I'm frustrated. I've lost patience, but uh, something will get done at some point. And I know that's a really bold prediction. Shout out to the everydayers who are with us all five episodes throughout the week, and you can become an everydayer by checking us out each and every weekday. Be sure to hit that subscribe button for Locked On Cubs on YouTube and smash the like button for the algorithm. We're also on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts and streaming on Sirius XM. I'm Sam Olver, and this is Locked On Cubs.